Welcome, Episode everybody. Episode 61. Hell yeah. Now we got, we're good with the numbers now, too. I think it's easier for us to keep track of the numbers this way also. Yeah. So very cool. Cool. Um, yeah. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. We had a nice little break, but we're back now. Um, do you want to kick it off with Spiel? Oh, yeah, sure. We could do the Spiel. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so as always, you know, follow us on all of our platforms if you can. The interactions really help, you know, share in the video, things like that, our little clips. Um, going on our Facebook, giving us a like, giving on our Instagram, giving us a follow, going to our YouTube, subscribing and hitting the notification bell. So when we get these little things going on, you get ding, you can stop what you're doing, check it out or watch it later. Um, iTunes, five-star rating, review, all that. We also have a Patreon. <clears throat> but we, we're implementing a new idea in these, in these new things. And I, I kind of got it from seeing people comment on in the YouTube video. So that's another reason why the comments really help us because we check those out and try to listen to the feedback. But <clears throat> so we involve our guests and our viewers, our live viewers, to like ask questions and we get to those at the end. But we're going to now try to prioritize the people who do the super chats because we're going to give half of our super chats to our guest or a charity that the guest wants to send it towards. So if you see a skater that you really want to, you know, support, or if you're a cause that someone is doing that you want to support while in the midst of the super chat, just know that 50% of that money is going to go to that skater, to that cause. So it's a way that we could all kind of, you know, help our guests out or kind of put things toward the right way. So that's what we're going to do with the, um, the questions in the future for the Super Chat. And we're starting with this episode with our very special guest. So, yeah. yeah so direct, direct donations straight to the skate, <clears throat> straight to the guest. So you get to show your appreciation for them. Yeah. In a way. Hmm. Um, huh. <laughs> um, wanted to give a shout out to our Patreon supporters. This week, we have Scotty McDonald. Let's see how many names I butchered this time. Scotty McDonald, Freddie Flan. Mike Miller, Maxime Kind, Oliver Smallman, Alan Sanderson, Demaine Otura, TJ Edwards, David D'Oliveria. Thank you all so much. Um, if you want to be a part of our Patreon community, we have a link in the description below. And every, like I said all the time, every month we do a giveaway for our supporters. So once a month, we pick one person from our Patreon and we give away one thing out of our uh, online store. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, we got some cool stuff and we're going to get some more stuff coming up too. Yes, we do. So if you're um, a Patreon, every month you get a thing and here it comes. <laughs> Let me... It's cool that we can put it on the screen now too, eh? Yeah. You see it there? Yeah. All right, cool. So I have everybody's name in here for May, all the Patreon supporters. Like little names over there. Ooh. Oh, wow. So many and one person is going to win something from our online store. Who we got? Who we got? Clint Collier. Congratulations, Clint. We are going to hit you up unless you want to hit us up first, if you're watching now. And we're going to give you one of anything in our online store. So congratulations, Clint. Um, like I said, if you want to be part of that, link in the description for joining our Patreon group. Awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah. And um, should we do, we got Hit Bomb. Do you have yeah. anything else? So yeah. we're doing, we teamed up with Hit bomb. Anybody who was um, at the Blading Cup this past year, right, 2019, Hit yep. bomb sponsored it. I know, and Hit bomb is pretty much um, a CBD topical oil uh, company, and we teamed up with them to give you 15% off your entire order of any CBD topicals and oils from HitBomb.com. Um, they have Hit drops that are 100% plant-based CBD 
there's cinnamon flavor. There's unflavored also. If you want to put it in like your tea, <clears throat> coffee, um, smoothie, I do some of that sometimes too. And helps take the edge off everyday worries that can hijack our attention, affect sleep. Um, anything that has like a negative effect on your health, this thing will help you out. Um, also, they have hit bomb topical pain relief. And that's also 100% plant-based CBD bomb. So you rub it on. And for our, you know, skaters like all of us, we have, you know, joint pains or muscle pains, aches, anything like that. You rub this oh my stuff God, on, man. you're good. I know this is like perfect. For I'm going to be using that hip bomb on my hip. <laughs> I'm calling it hip your, bomb. Your hip's still hurting? Yeah, dude. I'm just getting old. But I need some of the CBD in my life. Yeah, I've been using this for like the past month. And the bomb, I used it. Luckily, I only had to use it like once or twice. But this shit fucking works. And I really, used I haven't tried it yet, but yeah, uh, it's it's crazy. I didn't expect it to work as as well as it did. And I use the drops too, like every day. It's it's good stuff, man. Um, that's awesome. You could also get I didn't know this. You get free samples from the website too. Brian was telling me earlier. So if you're like on the fence, maybe you want to like you don't know if CBD is right for you. You want to try it out. Go to hipbomb.com. Um, you could get a free sample, and I think all you do is pay for shipping. And Brian said it was like twenty nine cents or something like that to ship it. So pretty oh, much a free chill. sample, you try it out and just pay for shipping. So if you're interested, click on the link in the video description or go to hipbomb.com and use code JUMPSTREET at checkout for 50% off your entire order. And this helps us out too. So it's a way to support everybody. Yeah. Cool. And yeah, thanks Hip to bomb. Ryan Jackalone who hooked it up, by the way. Ryan Jackalone be working with them. So look at that. You're it's helping out family. other skaters too. It's like... Another person, top of another person. We're all getting hooked up the here. The tree, all the branches in the tree. <laughs> um, are we good to go? Anything else you can think of? Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna pull Zeke in. But first, I just wanted to uh, give a shout out to all the homies in NYC. We lost a big homie, E Money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Eric Aguirre. He's Eric Estrada on on Instagram and I think Facebook too. Um, but yeah, so we lost him. I just wanted to give a shout out to all the boys, boys back home, everyone, well, boys and girls, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen, um, everybody who, um, yep, new and losty. So we just wanted to say shout out to everyone. Shout out to New York. We love you, E. And now we're about to have a very, very special guest. Yes. Wow. Yes. I'm excited for, for this. I've been wanting to have a Z yeah, for a long time. Like, yeah, we talked about this for a while too. Now. Hell yeah. Okay, so without Zeke further ado, the man. get a drum roll sound. <laughs> Zeke, I hope if you're watching this, we're about to add you in right now. Zeke. Yes. Yo. Here we yes. go. Welcome to the show. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Man. What's going on? Well, you know, just living living day to day, take trying to breathe as much as I can. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, you got to breathe as much as you can in these times. Um, yeah, I've been, wanted, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the king of deep breaths right now. Deep breaths? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my mantra. Every time I start to get worked up, I'm just like, okay, this too shall <laughs> <this> pass. <laughs> That's good. Well, I know I've been seeing you hitting the weights and stuff too, so I'm sure a little working out will help with that. Yeah, it definitely keeps me saying that and I would have never thought I ever would be someone that was a baker, but now that and like baking. Is that a new thing? Because I don't, I think I might have yeah, like, it's, it's, it's brand new, man. Um, really? Well, I went, to, I went to culinary school, like my, after everything kind of transpired with all of the end of uh, empire distribution and, and destruction and everything. 
mm-hmm. I kind of did a little soul searching and was like, well, what are the things that I really want to do? And I found a piece of paper from when I was like 14 or something like that. I keep my little notebooks, my little journals that I actually learned from John Julio a long time ago, write things down, you know, scrapbook, kind of put things in there. And I found this one from when I was like really, really young. And it said the three things that I wanted to be were I either wanted to be a professional singer, a professional athlete, or a chef. And so I was like, well, I don't think I'm going to be a professional singer. So I'm like, uh, maybe I should go to culinary school. So I went to culinary school, got out, worked in a couple restaurants, helped write a cooking book with a local famous chef. And then started realizing that there, with my two kids, there was going to be no way that I was going to be actually working in restaurants because it's very time consuming, takes a lot of time and energy. I have the utmost respect for everyone. So then I thought I'd be a private chef. So I basically like high end catering. And uh, I did baking in school. I did baking after school, but being locked down for three or four months on COVID and having an extra amount of time every single day, I was like, you know, I could do this. I could get good at this. So now I'm like, actually, I shipped like a hundred and something loaves of bread in this last week. And I'm an actual Damn. black baker. No way. <laughs> what? That, that yeah. list of things that you wrote down, yeah, that was do when art, you were a pro skater? Well, I wrote down, I wrote it down when I was a little kid, but I also used to keep my actual like journals and stuff, but I wrote it down. And so I found it along the line. I have, I'm one of those guys, like I have a box, like three or four boxes that I carry around from every apartment and every house I've ever lived at and every once in a while like I go oh this what's this box and I open it and it's like the treasure chest of like things that are important to me and so I have like all these little keepsakes and it was one of the things that was in some random box Mm -hmm. in the bottom of it and I was like what is this and I was like the things I want to be when I grow up and it was I could you know I couldn't pick one so I had like a couple of them so that's pretty cool that is cool You, you check two of those off the list I got two of them. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty good. good. <laughs> now we just, hey, man, we could do the singing in the later, you know what I mean? At the Get some, some Barry White on it, put some Barry hey. White on it. We got to get you to sing. <laughs> you got to do the professional intro. athlete early, and you could do the singing later, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Your voice just keeps more raspy. I'm, I'm waiting for the rasp to, to come in, you know? Oh, yeah. I like that. Um, So, Zeke, um, I'll, many people know you, but to those who don't, uh, you come from, you know, the early days in skating. So if we could, I always, you know, I'm kind of boring in this way, but I, but I like to do these kind of introductions, but I, um, how did, when did you start? How did you first get into it? How did this become your first passion before you embarked on, you know, the journey that got you into all the management side and then running companies in yeah. the skate shop? Um, so I've always seemed to pick random things that little black kids don't do. <laughs> So I was, I, uh, I, I started doing gymnastics. I used to go to Cal skate. Um, and, and me and my brother and sister, we would, you know, do our little routines. We had dance routines and everything on quads. And then I, my friend's father, uh, was a ski instructor and he bought himself and his son, a pair of rollerblades so that they could cross train during the summer. And, my friend was like, yo, you got to come with me. We'll go, you know, we'll go skate. And I was kind of like, I don't know, man, I don't skate outside. I mostly just do like, you know, inside stuff. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, no, these, these new rollerblades are amazing. So I tried them on and sure enough, I just fell instantly in love with them. And I 
had already skated for years. So then putting on rollerblades, it was a little different, but my legs were strong and I could do a lot of stuff. So I started like jumping downstairs and doing stair rides and, and actually did that for quite a while before I like begged my mom. I was like, cause this, I was, I was uh, riding on my friend's father's skates. So I was like skating his dad's skates. And so his dad was always like, where's my skates? He's like, Oh, my friend has them, you know, like, I was like that little ghetto kid that was like, yo, can I just borrow these for a while? <laughs> like, and so, um, I did that same so, yeah, move so. though. That used to be my move. <laughs> <laughs> I just borrow them for like a little while, you know? Yeah. Or like so, if they had one parent, they'd be skating. I'd be like, yo, can I skate them when you're done? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and so, um, long story long, I, uh, I begged my mom. I was like, yo, you can, I, I'll, you can take all my money. I'll go get it. I had a job. I started working when I was 13. So I was like, I'll give you all my money. It'll be my Christmas, my birthday. And I just wanted the like the neon green, purple, old TRS rollerblades, right? And I was like, oh, mom, please, please. And I mean, we were on welfare and shit. So like we didn't have, oh, sorry, cursing a little bit. Uh, we were on welfare. So we didn't have extra money. Like, you know, they were hella expensive. But my mom somehow, by hook crook, she made them happen. And I, I just didn't take them off for like ever. And so then I went to college, uh, went to junior college and uh, I was teaching gymnastics there. And these dudes came in and they were like, you know, I had dreads all back then. And so these little like little, little hood rat guys came in and they were like, yo, you got to teach us how to do flips. They wanted to take a special class. Uh, we'll teach us how to do flips so we can do it on skates. And I was like, I'm like, okay. So I started basically like a, like early kind of Woodward style, right? Like we did trampoline work. We jumped into the foam pit. And then like after hours, when I knew I wasn't going to get busted, I would like go because I had keys. I would unlock, I would have them bring in like a launch ramp and we would launch on Masonite and launch into the foam pit so they could learn how to do flips. Cause they were, they wanted to do shows. It was like back in the day where there was like, uh, what's, like those, like there were like teams, you know, like there was like, you know, Team Nouveau, and they would like jump over cars and do all that kind of stuff. What do you mean, and, like demo shows? Yeah, like demo shows. Like okay, there was a lo our our local place in Santa Rosa. There was they had like a team, and so they had like they had this thing called like the Bahama Mamas, big huge launch ramp. They would launch <laughs> over cars and shit, and um, and so they wanted me to teach them. So as I'm starting to teach them, there's this one guy, and he just like anything I said, he was always always argumentative right like I'd be like well do you want to do it like this and he'd be like that's not what I saw in the videos you know I'm like he was always difficult so I'm like why don't you just bring me the video I'll watch the video and then I'll try to teach you whatever I see in the video so I watch the video and I'm like instantly hooked it's like mad beef or something it's like Arlo and like all these guys skating and I was just like what you can do that on skates like because I had skated for years and I had yeah. never seen a video right never seen a video and i i didn't know you could do they were doing 540s and backflips and all of a sudden i was just like oh man what yeah and so <clears throat> dudes invited me out they're like you should come out so i'm like competitive but like more or less i just didn't want to embarrass myself right so i like mm. i show up and they can grind curbs and they can do all this stuff and and i can't do any of it even though i skated for years i got i broke myself off on a painted curb you know, being all six foot three, I like missed my feet, just ate it so hard. Yeah. And this one little dude, he was just like, looks like you need some practice. And I was like, fuck, fuck this guy. <laughs> so I, uh, 
You really got the so fire went, going, huh? <laughs> I did. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna practice. So I started practicing, and no one at that time was really doing handrails. And because I was a little bit taller, I could jump on handrails. And so I was watching this videos and just like, I'm gonna do handrails. And so I started doing handrails. And then next time we went out, I jumped on handrail, and they were like, What? You can do handrails? Well. Yeah, so I just like, be like you know, yeah, punk. The- yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> punk. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, it's also like being tall. Like this is something tall people don't talk about a lot. But when you're like tall, when you when you split a rail, you don't you don't check, you know. So I would like split a rail and just go and roll down the roll down the stairs, you know. And so it didn't it didn't scare me as much, right? Yeah. And plus, at that time, I was a gymnast, so I was like strong and like I was like I could jump over anybody, you know. And so, so I got good at doing handrails and that was kind of my thing. And then uh, one day, Netta, TJ Weber, and AJ Jackson came into town and they were filming for something. I think maybe, I don't know, it was Bowers or something like that. And, and I was a little bit older. So like the skate park or the uh, skate shop called me up and was like, hey, there's these pros coming into town. You want to show them around, you know? Because most everybody else that was skating in my area was all like Nick Riggle and and they were like 14, 15, 16. They were all in that age. So they couldn't get off school, you know. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll hang out with them and show them around. So we went and we skated and there was this burly rail, like this kind of courthouse rail. And I mean, this is a long time ago. It was like, you know, like normally like you want to skate a rail and it's kind of like this. This was like that. Like it was like straight, straight down probably like a 15, 15 or 18 stairs straight down. And there was in the, in the middle of the shotgun, there was like cement pillars. Right. And so no, no one wanted to do it. It was a death (laughs) rail. It was a total death (laughs) rail. And so I was just sitting there and I was like total Kodak courage. I'm like, yo, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. This is my time. Kodak courage. That's like an OG. It (laughs) It was, man. I was like, I was like, so I was like, everyone's looking at it. And even, even, even they were like, oh, I don't know, man. I just not seem like a good rail. And so I did it and everyone freaked out. And then AJ, like after that was like, you know, man, you're really good. You could be sponsored. And that's all it took. Like he, I, I was like, really? You, th- you think I could be sponsored? And I'm like, serious. Like at that time I was like, what exactly does sponsored mean? I didn't even, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're like, uh, I don't know what that means, but I like where this is going. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I like that. And so, uh, so yeah, so it like changed my whole life, you know, like it basically all of a sudden I had this new passion where I thought somebody important said I could be good at something. And, you know, he was in videos and they were in videos and they were like, you're good enough to be in videos. So I just was like, made a sponsor me tape, sent it out to like everybody. And just the rest is kind of hustle history, you know? What was your first sponsor? I think it was um, hyper. There was like there was right at the moment there was like headhunter wheels and then there was hype. I think it's hyper wheels. Yeah, headhunter. I think wheels. it was hype. Yeah, like it was Never a long heard man. Of that. It was like, yeah, it's a. It was it was like it was kind of ghetto. They, they, I think it, was like, <laughs> it, it was like a. Thanks sub, to be honest. Like a, it, well, no, it was. <laughs> it was like you know, it was like when a big brand like once a gamble and they like had like low quality wheels and they just would like throw some random graphics and see if it hit. 
Right. It was like a whole different time. Like most wheels back then, if they had any sort of, they all kind of had the weird hubs and you, you know, they were mostly made for just like rolling around. So if you did anything, like if you hockey stopped on them, if you jumped a gap, you would just snap the, your, your thing clean off. And it would, you know, you would chunk the bejesus out of them. You know? <laughs> so Headhunter had like, it totally had like, like little wheels with like little, little like, uh, like little shrunken heads on it and stuff. It was, it was weird, but, but it made me feel like I was, I was like, I free, you, you know what it's like when the box shows up. Oh, oh yeah. And yeah. <laughs> your first box shows up and you open it and it's like, there's t-shirts and stickers and shit. You're yeah. like, oh. <laughs> just the stickers alone is just like so you're like whoa it's a graining especially stick. when you're a kid too because you're not used to any of that it stuff was. as an adult you could go and buy a thousand set of wheels if you wanted but just to have like yeah. bam right in front of you it was like the craziest thing and then and then then came the travel so i was like like i said we were really broke when i was a kid really poor and when the, when someone said they were going to send me to like germany and pay me to go i was like uh I'm gonna ride this to the wheels fall off. I'm like, I'm never, I'm gonna keep doing this forever. And, and it's part, it was one of the main things that really got me hooked because at that time I was like, I was working three jobs and everything. And I was like hustling and trying to figure out what I was gonna do with my future. And it was like, they gave me like this much. And I was just like, I'll sleep on floors. You know, like, I don't care. You know, like I'll sleep in someone else's hotel room. I don't care. So, and you know, just, just send I think, me I think around. a lot of it. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just send me around. Just let me get send me anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think there was a lot. Like you know, I think I was respectful. Like I didn't really relate to the counterculture of skating for a long time. It took me a lot longer to get that. Like I didn't have a lot of that angst. Like I want to make my parents mad or like fuck the world kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I was much more like. It was an escape, a physical escape for me to get out and like show that I was good at something, you know? And so I had a lot more, uh, I don't want to say, I had a lot more reverence for what my opportunities were. Like I, I wasn't going to do anything, or, I wasn't going to do anything that jeopardized how good of a life it felt like I was having, right? Like I was really about like, if if they needed you to sign autographs, I show up early. You know, like I was just like, shoot, I'll sign autographs. Little kids want to come and talk to me. I'm like, that's cool with me. Mm -hmm. Like, so I was also a little bit older than everyone else at that time. Like, like I'm kind of like you said, I'm like OG, but I'm I always felt like I was somewhere in that like the second or the third wave of actual skaters. When I look up, I was looking up to like B Love and. Arlo and like you know Chris Edward like I had seen all them hmm. and I was more their age except I wasn't known right hmm. so by the time that people started to know me I was like I was new but I wasn't new because I'd been doing it for a long time I just was new to the scene of of, of skating you know but I kind of came in a little bit later in the game as far as like I wasn't I wasn't 16 when I got known I was more like 21 22. Hmm. Yeah, so I always, yeah go ahead bitch <laughs> no 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 go ahead, go ahead no i always get like blown away when i we have people like you on like john julio who like i always thought in my eyes like super ogs you know like from the beginning of our, our sport and then to hear stories mm -hmm. like this of you who like looked up to tj weber you know aj jackson stuff yeah. like that and it's crazy to hear how far back it actually goes you know 
Yeah, I was like, I was like a, I was a big Grom. I mean, like, I would have been, it, it was a little bit awkward because I didn't really have a place until I got known, right? Because I was like, almost like the chaperone, right? So there were all these, like, it was before, like, like, you know, like, Maddie Mance and and uh, and Roadhouse. There was like this wave right after I kind of started getting in, where they were like super popular, but they were like you know eight years younger than me, right? So that's kind of weird when like the number one guy that everyone's jocking is like thirteen and you're like twenty three, right? It's kind of like mm, yeah, you know? and and so and then we kind of went through went through that, and then it was the the floodgates got open, right? Like once once you because the kids don't have they don't have to pay rent you know they they're super uh singularly focused like that's all they're doing right that's they live skate every single day it's not like they have to have a job it's not like they have to they have a girlfriend it's not like any of that so it was definitely that like heyday where all of a sudden there was like a million of them right and and that's what in some ways made us really popular and in some ways made things harder because you would show up at the skate park and it wasn't like me and you skating where we're like, you know, giving people pounds and like, you know, clapping it, clapping for everybody and kind of like have a scene. It was more like just bedlam with kids everywhere, you know? So, but I don't even know how I got on that. So. <laughs> no, well, that's, that's actually a pretty good point because I think in that time period, that was like the beginning of like, you started seeing the, where the kids of America, that section and just like the takeover, but before that, it was like people of like, you know, the, in their twenties, maybe even getting toward their, you know, you know, mid twenties. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not sure how old Chris Edwards was at that time, but you know, a lot of the guys were a bit older. Brian Smith, Brooke Howard yeah. Smith, all these guys were like, you know, I think Brooke, Brian Smith, if I'm not mistaken, like 26, 27 on hoax too. Could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Got to double check with them. But there was that insurgency, that wave of, of little kids. So. Definitely and it was really weird because I, I got I got specifically <clears throat> inspired the same way that all those kids did, which was by videos, right? Like, I mean, before that, I mean, videos, like what you guys are doing now with like podcasts and videos like VG and, and all that stuff, it's like, it changed our complete world because there'd be people, excuse me. So I had my dog was going off. To, I'm so sorry about that. This is real life right now, everybody. It's yeah, real life. It's real life. <laughs> and and uh, people, we were having our first ever. Uh, my my youngest son is nine, and his his best friend is coming, so they can stay different with their mask on, but be in the same place because they haven't seen each other for months. So. Oh, oh wow! We got real life. Real life shit happening over here. That's probably that exciting. <laughs> That's probably really exciting at this stage. Yeah. yeah. They're like, what? I get to see my friend. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, uh, so yeah. Um, Sorry. So I was I was saying I was inspired by the same videos that they were, right? So I mean that was like my I was a student of like every single video. Like I knew every single song. I could tell you what tricks were happening if the song was playing. I could tell you what trick was happening on like right now. You know, like. It'd be like, you know, like, oh, Mad Mance, you know, 270 topside, you know, like I, I, I could see it all videos. in my head, you know? Yeah. And so it was my, you know, it was my Bible for a period of time. And you, 
you could you could literally live like you know 100 miles away from a whole nother crew and they were killing it and you wouldn't know and so you would always feel like you were by yourself like you know like the five guys that you skate with like ruled the world right and then you would show up somewhere else and you'd be like what there's other people they do the same trick i mean like it was like even to the point where it's like you would have whole different names for tricks and you show up and somebody else be doing your your trick mm-hmm. and you'd be like no, that's what we call it. And they're like, no, we call this other thing. And you're like, no, man, I made that up. No, that's me. That's Actually, so good. Where did you get the intel on that? You're like, oh, these dudes are jacking my style. They took my trick. And now they're trying to claim like they made that shit. Damn, that's so relatable in every aspect too. Because everyone, especially in like New York, especially during that time when there was so many skaters all over the city, but everyone still had, each borough had like their own little groups and stuff. And even within each borough, there was different groups. And I remember... Same thing with like with me. I always thought I was like the best skater. And then I would go and I would skate with like Billy for the first time. I'd be like, holy shit. <laughs> and I'd be like, I'm nothing. Now I got to step it up. And uh, it definitely happens all over the place, you know? Yeah. It was, uh, I think, I think that was the thing that really hooked me is like, you know, there was creativity and, and like I was an artist, you know? So it was like, basically you got to create things. And I wouldn't say that there was like a race like a, a weird race to create the new trick. But every like every day, as you got better and better and watched other people and got a little bit influenced, there was just so much that you could do new, right? Like you could, and, and you know, like when you were skating with other people that were pushing it and were at a high level, all of a sudden, like, you know, like monkey plants onto things or over things or like set slides up onto something, set slide down, like, like, you know, like you would watch somebody and you'd be like, huh, I could try that. And next thing you know, that, that just that creativity always like sessions with like our crew, it, it always felt like we were just hyped up trying to make, trying to change the world. And it really felt like you could, you know, like now I, I hear people frustrated with names and they change things around and they don't want it to be like that. Or they, they call it a different name. And, and there was none of that. It was just basically like, who can make something cool? Like who can make our sport cooler, you know? And that was, and now I feel like it's more refined. Like people are just taking things like the landings and making it even clean. Like when I watch Broskow skate, it is just like, he just makes every single thing look so good. Like, and we didn't have a ton of that. There was a, a, a couple people that were practitioners where they were just, they would do the, they didn't do a ton of tricks, but every time they did that one trick, it was like you, you knew exactly who did it. And, and uh, it really, that's what drew me to, to really stay a part of it. I felt like I was actually contributing in a way that mattered, you know? Totally. That's really cool. Do you still follow skating a lot now? Because I was going to ask you about that too. Like, I was curious how involved you were because you were so heavily involved throughout all the years that you were in the industry. So you still do watch skaters now. Oh, every day. Every day. Every, every, <laughs> That's every so day. sick to hear. That's so like sick. I, I don't, I don't comment as much. Um, I'm a little more of a lurker than I used to be. I, I kind of <laughs> like, I watch, I watch from the side, but every once in a while, like, you know, uh, someone will just grab my attention. I like, I have my, like, uh, I said, Nick Riggle's stuff all the time. Like, like he's my confidant, Nick, uh, Danny LaRoche, John, um, let's see, Tori, 
you know, like every once in a while, I'll see something. I'll just be like, yo, have you seen this kid? <laughs> yeah, I saw him. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I feel like, I feel like I try to be what AJ was to me, you know, like every once in a while, some, I can tell, you know, somebody will post it and they're like, you know, like I have dreams of doing this. I don't know how much longer I can do it. And I'll chime in, you know, cause I, I know that maybe what I say might actually influence, right? Like every once in a while, I'll say something like you have six style. And I know what it feels like when somebody who is important or was important reaches out and says something because that's sometimes that's all you get you know you might not be totally. making money you might not be you know you might be you might just got in a fight with your girlfriend because you were going to go skate with your boys like you know it's life is kind of weird at that age right where you're trying to still be somebody and you know i remember one day uh i won't say i was the first person to do it but i was the first person i ever saw do it i um at uh, rsa ramp I came up and I did a true spin alley-oop fish stall and then spun out of it. And um, I was, I had been working at it at my skate park in Santa Rosa and I'd never really landed that well. Like maybe on like the four foot mini ramp, I could land true spin kind grind. But then yeah, I, I remember seeing true like, spin kind grind at the Santa Rosa, the, the bower box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so, I thought it would be so sick if I could true spin it and fish. But, you know, like when you first are learning a trick, like the balance point of where your body needs to be to actually grind it is kind of can be really off, especially when you're spinning into like a backwards grind. And so I came up and I did it and I, I landed and then spun out of it and rolled out. And it was a really big session. And I came back over the spine and came out right next to Arlo. And Arlo was like, thank you. And I was like, <laughs> I was, I was like uh, oh, thank you. And he's like, no, thank you. That's a, like, he was like, you could tell that like whatever wheels went in his head, all of a sudden he was like, that, that's sick. And that's like, literally, it's been a highlight in my, my brain forever. Like, you know, and it was like one of those little things, you just take it and stuff it away. And you're like, somebody I respected thought at my thought one day that i was the shit I was, i'm happy with that that's sick and also that trick is always going to be sick true fish brain stalls to keep spinning yeah. in that's just yeah. like always cool that's so sick you got a compliment a from all like that it's I such know. a commitment it is <laughs> there is no there is no half-assing that trick it's like you're either busting your shin or sliding out and falling upside down there's like no in between it's either you landed or you don't mm-hmm. totally. can um, I'm sorry, Austin, go ahead. No, do you, so you started from, we talked about your Grom stages to, mm-hmm. you know, you becoming a pro and all that stuff. And you've like, for more like later years, I guess, people would look at you more as an influencer because you own so many companies and you help run so many uh, different organizations and events and stuff like that. You've done, I mean, I'm sure you could. Co-found the IMYTA. Yeah, like, like big like, stuff like that. Like that's, that. that's a huge thing, like, especially with like, um, you know, your relationship with John and then like, how did that come to be? Like, you know, that was one of the most influential influential competitions of so much of blading history happened at those events. Well, I, I would say, you know, there's the NorCal connection. Um, I, I think uh, it's one of those things that, not to sound corny, but like kind of game recognized game. Like when you're at, when you're trying to do something you're drawn to other people that are trying to do something, right? 
Um, and it, it's, it, it's one thing like being in Northern California, we all, I feel like, I'm not to speak for everybody, but I always felt like LA was where, you know, things were really happening, right? Like if you wanted to be somebody, you needed to go to LA, right? At least that's the way we felt. Um, and so what we did, I feel like as a, uh, as a bunch of different crews where we were trying to put ourselves on the map, which I'm sure you guys can relate to where you're like, yo, we need to get respect for like where we're from, you know? And I knew by looking around, like as soon as it started raining, we would all kind of get, um, we would get rusty because there was no place to skate. And so I made a skate park uh, with a, with the help of a lot of, uh, Northern California people, um, borrowed skate ramps, took skate ramps, raised money, did all this stuff to build a skate park. And then because we built the skate park, then it was like, build it, they will come. Then everyone started showing up and you just start building relationships. John was already really known and I was trying to be known and we would just start skating and we would skate competitions. Like, you know, owning a skate park, you could go skate and we would play just basically like like a uh, skate, you know, or like, okay, I did this trick. Now you have to do it. And they're like, well, that, that's my switch. You know, like you call switch and, and we would give each, and that's the way we would keep sharp is like, okay, switch soul, you know, revert out. And it was like, okay, you have, and then you inevitably you would each and have to take a letter or whatever. And so it was basically born out of that, that and the fact that, um, that the X games, came to San Francisco and it was, so it was in our backyard. It was before I lived here in San Francisco. Uh, and they basically wouldn't allow a lot of us into the X game. So um, if I think it was, if you didn't pay, you couldn't get in. And, and uh, there was a bunch of people that couldn't qualify. And so there was, and it was also at that time where the only people that were really making good money in our sport were, competition skaters right um like it we hadn't quite got to the place where the lifestyle it was really represented in videos and you could make amazing video sections but then you know you couldn't qualify for finals or if you fell once you know somebody else would beat you and you you know you wouldn't even place and you didn't make any money so there was definitely a, a kind of weird hierarchy that had shifted um so there was a lot of people getting airtime and making money. And then there were true street skaters that, and we always talked like, wouldn't it be cool if there was a real competition where you didn't have to, you know, you didn't have to qualify. You could just show up and just do what we do every day. Right. And so I forget if me, him, Fabiola, you know, bunch of other people were all kind of like well how are we going to do it and then it was like it was like a rate basically we thought of it like a rave right mm -hmm. like if you just passed out flyers and was like this time at this place they couldn't really bust you and if we yeah. didn't have a plan and we didn't say we were going to go we, we just said here's where we're going to meet and then we'll go we knew that place had like four or five spots like you could walk over to hubba's you could walk over there you could do this and so um we had a rough idea of what we could do, but we also didn't know what was going to happen. And so I've always been decent at speaking in front of people. Um, and so I took that, took that role as being, it was actually a really cool relationship because, you know, 
John at that time was uh, more subdued and more quiet. Um, he wasn't much of a get up in front of everybody. And so it was really cool that we could kind of use the best of both worlds. Um, and I was like loud and boisterous and, you know, um, so I had no problem getting in front of everybody and just being like, all right, everybody. You are a perfect MC. <laughs> you are a perfect MC. Six, six foot three, dreads down your ass, loud voice. Like you were the one for that. I, I it was... I mean, like, I don't look backwards a ton. Um, I think I've hit my head too many times. I don't remember a ton of things. Um, <laughs> I can relate. I'm, I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. Uh, but um, when I do look back, I there are a few things that, you know, like, I'm really proud of. And the change in the atmosphere of skating and people knowing that they could represent themselves. I mean, it was like, if you won an IMYTA for a period of time, you were, you were the hottest shit in the world. At least that's the way it felt to us. It was like, if you came out in the video and you won, people knew you put your name out there. Cause I mean, you were the best, the best were showing up and doing incredible tricks. Like, like when we were in a time, they were like yeah. pushing forward fa fast, huge yeah. leaps. I mean, like if you, if you went, I, I got, Oh my God, I got goosebumps. If you go back, if you go back and you do a highlight reel of like the winning tricks and maybe like, you know, take like 10 tricks from each event. I don't know if anyone could hold a candle to that shit now. Like, you know, and that was no. a long time ago. No, yeah. You know, like just the kind of tricks, just cr it's crazy. Yeah. Like watching, watching uh, Shima do that wall ride in Montreal, like it is literally like there's there's only been a few times in my entire life where i'm like i'm gonna watch somebody die like he's gonna die right like i I'd never said it out loud and i've never told anybody that yeah but he was he was coming so fast at a table yeah like if if he clips his toes on the jump up he's finished open, yeah right like if he doesn't commit and jump way out onto yeah. the wall it's over like i mean like it it was and and then in that exact exact same one, that one kid just static drops down into that. Oh, yeah, that was a homie Felix. Yes, Felix Guzman. Jesus, <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, like, go there and look at that, and you'll be like, "There's no way anyone can do that." Right? Yeah. So there was definitely, it it was we were surfing the wave of trying to gain respect. You know, like everybody was like had been skating for such a long time and going so big, and there was a natural progression, like what you said that all of a sudden people just were like, sure, 540 to kind grind over the box, I could do that. And they would just huck it. And you were like, I just saw something I've never seen before. And we'd all freak, it, it was also, we would all freak out, you know, like everyone would freak out. It was like so memorable. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, as you can tell, I'm like flushed. I'm like, I get super <laughs> juiced on it. That was a good yeah. idea that you had though. Someone should make that best of IMYTA, like a, a little compilation maybe like a five minute mm -hmm. of all like the winning tricks or best finals tricks because that would be ridiculous It'd be the craziest rollerblading video probably ever made yeah it'd be so heck of an edit. many good things yeah, yeah. hey so, let me because you've had a yeah. few different crazy ones but um i, I noticed someone in, in the live chat was inquiring about do you remember a new york imyta where maybe someone yeah. might have provoked you yeah i remember that yeah I remember that. 
yeah, that's not my. That's okay, not, well, not, <laughs> <laughs> we can leave that alone. Like, you no, know, I, I don't mind. I'm, I'm an open book. You, I'll okay. ask, I'll talk about it. We'll ask the question and I'll. I'll <laughs> I forgot about this. Uh, okay, so yeah, you got into it. You got in, I think uh, someone was trying to fight with you because something like the, they were skating the finals and. Um, I'll tell the story. Okay. <laughs> Good. I'll tell my side of the story. There's always two sides cool. of the story. So, yeah. you know, you know, I'm not trying to say that my side is. I also will start with the gentleman that we're, that, that I'm talking about has since reached out to me and was super cool about it. And like water under the bridge, everything's cool. Uh, apologized. And a lot of, you got to remember a lot of this stuff, all of this young impetuous men trying to be somebody like, I mean, it's just right with problems that could be right. So I'm going to set the tone with a long time ago, you know, um, I'm really big on respect. And so, and I was the MC, so I had the mic and I, there was always a thing like, you don't fuck with the guy with the mic, right? Like you just, yeah. Like it seems like a bad idea. Right. So, <laughs> you know, uh, so it's in the finals. Um, you know, I think Mike, Mike won that one, Mike Johnson killed it. And so there's this launch ramp up to a container, right? A, a shipping container. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you have to launch up and over to the container and then you have to jump back and there's like tree and stuff. It's, it just, it was gnarly. <laughs> it verging on sketch, but incredible. Right. Yeah. And we're standing up on top and I'm like, Oh, you know, make some noise at finals and all this stuff. And all of a sudden some random guy shows up and he starts skating now he's skating on like the smallest little wheels you can tell he's not like a, he's not used to hitting launch ramps so he comes and, and he goes to launch and he can't quite get up there and then all of a sudden i realize i'm like who fucks this dude? like you're not supposed you're not in the finals i'm so i'm like hey hey you know like i know everybody would love to skate this it's getting crazy you know but like you know like just show some respect it's the finals. These guys have skated all day and qualified. Let's get this over with, you know? And it's basically like, fuck you, you know? Yeah. That's so <laughs> like, typical. That's like, straight New York. Stuff. Yep. That, that's I'm so like, New York. What? Yep. <laughs> and, and so, like, the crowd is all like, ooh, you know? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> pushing the button. Like, sitting there, and I'm like, yeah. all right. So then I, I, I don't even say anything the first time, right? So then he comes again. And he goes to launch, and I think he eats shit, which probably wasn't the best time to talk shit to him after he had just ate shit. Yeah. I think I say something like, hey, man, uh, I know you think you the shit and everything, but nobody wants to see your busted ass skate. Why don't you sit the fuck down? Oh. <laughs> you know, like, and then the crowd goes, oh. And that, well, I put him in a bad situation. Yeah. He's like, he's like, yo, I'm fucking the king of New York. You shut your fucking mouth. And I'm like, sit, oh, yeah, 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 sit your punk ass down. I'm like, no, go away. Yeah. I'm like, we, we came all the way over here. We raised all the money. It's the fucking finals. We're filming, and you're acting like an asshole. Sit your ass down. You know? Yeah. And so it, I think it's over. And so finals happens, everything. Everything, everyone goes crazy. I'm standing up on the top, people hugging and high-fiving. And all of a sudden, I see this dude down the bottom. He's like, you gonna talk shit? Why don't you take? Why don't you come down here? Fight me? You know, I'm all like, 
And so I'm like, I ain't gonna fight you, man. Like the shit's over. Like let it be, you know. Like, and I'm I'm trying to talk like sense to him, and I'm trying to go like, yo, like what are you doing? Like nobody, want, I'm trying to fight you. Like go away, man. I have to. And so he said he says something that provokes me. He finally gets my goat and says something. So I jump down and I'm like, what'd you say? And and he's like, he's like, oh, you he has a cast on, right? <laughs> Oh my he god! Cast. He has a cast like a like he had broken his wrist or something, so he's got this cast on, and I'm thinking like, and then someone says something, you gonna fight some dude with a cast? And I was like, nah. And and on top of it, I'm huge, right? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, whatever. So I finally get to the point where I'm just like, you know what? You're not making sense. I'm not doing this anymore. I mean, you can think whatever you think. I've tried to apologize. I've tried to be nice to you. You won't. You won't expect that. You won't respect the fact that you were in the wrong. So whatever. And I go to turn to walk away and he goes, uh, he goes, what do you say? He said something like, that's right, bitch. I'm going to catch you slipping. Oh, damn. Later. Like, cause we were going to have an after party. Right. And so the ghetto part of me just instantly snaps and goes, catch me slipping later. I'm like, this dude's, I don't know who he is. I don't know who yeah. his boys are. Yeah. I'm in New York. I'm like, nah, fuck that. We do this right now. Wow, wow. Yeah, yeah. Started, started swinging, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Corey Miller, Corey Miller, tackles me. Right, Corey's like one of my best friends. Mm. He tackles me, knocks me over. I think it's one of his boys. I like grab by the neck. I'm gonna punch him in the face. Yeah, and he's Corey's like, like "Dude, it's me, dude." Fuck <laughs> And I'm like, "What are you doing? <laughs> I'm handling my business. Why are you fight? Why are you jumping on me?" And he's like. You can't do that. People are filming. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. I got I got all sorts of trouble. It was like, how are you going to be the voice of the MIPA? You're just beating people up. All this, it was it was not a good. At the time, Mike Wilson was helping us behind the scenes. Like, he was getting all, a lot of the, um, he was doing a lot of the, the technical work of, like, getting permits and all this shit. And it was just like, Zeke was just a, He's a he's a loose cannon. <laughs> and so yeah. So was, funny to see you like that. You're such like a nice, kind, gentle giant of a person, but like turn the switch have, and that's it. I have I have uh I just have respect issues. Like I'm the same way, like I've all the fights I've probably ever been in really in skating besides that one have all been like skateboarders you know, cursing and yelling at people. And I'm just like, nah, man, like it's not happening like that. You don't get to just yell straight crazy shit at us. There's like little kids around you just cursing. And so I normally give people an out where I'm like, yo, man, like you need to say you're sorry, like be a decent person. Like mm -hmm. this isn't that serious. Like you don't get to just call us all sorts of crazy names. You know, I think, I think a lot of older skateboarders for a period of time thought it was hilarious just to shit on rollerbladers in general. Like, you know, that we, we fought that. Definitely. Yeah. Except I'm except I'm really big and I don't back down. So I was kind of like, "What did you say?" You were like and the enforcer. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> were you the enforcer. <laughs> for, a <period laughs> time, for a period of time in my crew, I just wouldn't deal with it. But also, when when I would show up, most people wouldn't do it. So every once in a while, like I was in, I was with Arlo and Michael Palick and a couple other people, and we were at we would try, we decided to go try to skate Venice, and I guess. Skateboarder or rollerblades didn't really skate Venice at that time. It was it was not really things that we do. So we were skating, and there was this guy skating around. I'm gonna curse. So anybody who's got kids in the room, 
close right here. Uh, this guy's just full tilt, like going as fast as he can. And we like, we show up and then he's just like, fucking faggot rollerbladers. And I'm just like, like who the fuck are you talking to? Like, mm-hmm. And he, he won't stop. He's just skating around, just yelling at the top of his lungs. And I'm finally, I'm just like, all right, I'm not dealing with this. So I go to skate to jump on this long, long ledge. And he's coming the other way. And I jump on the ledge and I'm like, I'm not getting off because this dude's a dick. So we collide. And he gets up, picks a skateboarder, skateboard up and he's all like this. And I was like, he's like, what was that for? I'm like, what do you mean what is for? Like, we ran into each other. You you were being an asshole coming this way and I'm not moving. So, and then he's, he went to say something. I say, you, you need to keep your fucking mouth shut. So one thing leads to another and I punch him, knock him down. Then a boy comes up and tries to hit me with his skateboard, breaks my finger. I punch him, knock him down. And then there, I guess there's some crazy dude there. So all of a sudden, like Michael Pollock's like, we need to leave. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not leaving. I'm like fully like, who else wants some? You know, like, fuck this. Oh, you're fully <laughs> hulking out right now. I fully hulked out. I fully, fully hulking out. out. And then and then and then and then and then Michael Pollock is all like, like, he's like, Z, we really need to leave. There's this one dude and he doesn't play around. He he carries a gun. We need to leave. And I was all like, I ain't going nowhere. Fuck that. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, I'm like, yo, okay, maybe. <laughs> all right, okay. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. So, yeah, I have it in me. But Especially in NorCal, right? Because NorCal, like, I think it, in San Diego, is like a, a lot of the root of that skateboard, you know, because it's like surfer, oh, hate, yeah. grommets, and then they came into skateboarding, and they just have, like, this, like, elitist kind of mentality. And at least I think that's where a lot of that comes from, right? I, I feel like I I love skate parks and I feel like there's always an alpha at every skate park, right? So there's like the guy who's the most known and it's kind of coming up and that alpha changes, right? But there's always like the guy, the guy, right? Mm-hmm. And if that guy's super cool, the vibe of the skate park is super cool. And if that guy's a complete tool, you have problems because it, whoever sets the tone basically allows other people to act that way right mm-hmm. and and so like at the skate park that i owned we never had any static with anybody because i was the alpha and i didn't allow that stuff to happen if you start talking to them, i'll be like hey man i'm sorry man we don't do that here you gotta go and so everyone just knew like if you want to skate the park and have fun you just keep your shit to yourself mm-hmm. like you know and so we would go to certain skate parks and sure enough there'd be a guy and he'd be an asshole and we would have we would have static and then we go to another park and, uh, the, you know, the skateboarders would be banging their boards and high-fiving us and we'd have a great time. So, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a little culture, but I do definitely think that that kind of like rage against the machine, fuck everything, you know, kind of vibe is much more prevalent or has always been more prevalent, in my view, in the surf skateboard scene than, and that's what I'm talking about, that, that like angst. I never really adding that I was I always had a chip on my shoulder because I was like one of the only black skaters or I you know I came I was really poor when I was a kid so my chip was more like you won't disrespect me like, yeah it was never really like I'm angry at the world I just no. am like you're gonna show you're me not gonna dis- yeah yeah so so my triggers are if you're being disrespectful I'm kind of like yo that don't do that mm-hmm. and and so every once in a while I ran into people and then I would 
I would check them. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. I would check them and that's it. There always needs to be someone there to check somebody. So thank but you. But I always give people a way out. I would always be like, yo, man, like nobody's trying to have any problem. Why don't you just be nice and say sorry? And if I got fuck you, then I'm like, okay. We're doing it. All right, we're doing it. Don't poke the bear, dude. Get it going. <laughs> but, a lot um, of people they don't they don't yeah. run into people that you know they have a persona like you know like a lot of people aren't really really willing to go push to sh- you know push the shit. Right. They don't really yeah. want to get physical. You know, like mm-hmm. and I don't really want to. I just happen to actually be decent at it, so I'm not. Yeah. You're more yeah. willing to than the average bear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and I think people notice that. Like, I've had people like, oh, I this one dude, he's like, he knocked this little kid over, like, hammered this little kid because he was on rollerblades. And he, like, came over the hip and just smashed and kids bleeding. Mom's, like, crying, trying to pick up the kid. And I was like, yo, son, what, what are you doing? And he's like, he's got to learn. I'm like, you just smashed a fucking five year old. Like, and, and your response is not to apologize. Yours is like, well, he should have stayed out of my way. I'm like, what kind of man are you? I'm like, yeah. you're going to go apologize right now. I don't I ain't apologizing nowhere. Okay, well, I'm going to knock your fucking teeth out. <laughs> yeah, love that. Oh, uh, well, okay. Well, you know, I don't normally do this little man, but hey, I'm sorry. You know? <laughs> oh, man. Like, that wasn't that oh, hard, bro. <laughs> with the disclaimer, with the disclaimer. With, with the disclaimer. The extra. Then it was hilarious. Because when, when we showed up next time, John was like, yo, your man's here. And I was like, oh, shit, here we go. We're going to have problems. And then he was like, super cool to us. He was like, what's like, up, bro? What's up? <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Cause you chumped him out already. He had no, he had no recourse. He he had to yeah, play he, that he was, move. He was like, "Yo, we're cool. Like, no, we're cool, right?" I'm like, yeah, "We're cool. Yeah, we're great, <laughs> man. Knock we're, little kids over. <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> fine. Just you know. <laughs> yeah, no one's gonna go to the skate park if they have to fight somebody every time they have to go. That's like yeah. no one's mo. No matter who you are. No. Um, um, so skate parks, skate parks should be fun. I mean, they yeah, of course they should be fun. I mean, if you, I mean, if you can roll, it, it should be a great time. It's like. You know, it's not as serious. It's normally not as serious as street. You're not getting wrecked, you know, like in theory. So you should just be able to go in session and have a good time, whatever you're doing. Definitely agree with that. Totally. More um, questions. Yeah. Um, well, I wanted to get into, for like, you know, you transitioned to probably get into, this would be like the last of the running you down about blading sorry i know we're making you taking you down memory lane with the blading but you know you you know you started able frames which was really cool then you were you were running d structure so i know you, you had this transition from being a pro doing the composite competitions to really trying to do something on the back end and i mean as someone who's done that before i know that's a really frustrating and arduous path and, frustrating and but you had one of like the few shops in sf that had rollerblades in it you can go in try on skates so do you want to talk a little bit about that um, that endeavor and that mission? Yeah, I mean, it was. Um, I feel like my whole life in skating, like my whole thing was, I just always wanted to be a part of something. I just wanted to build something that other people could respect, and I just knew that it took a lot of work. You know, like all the way from the first time I started my skate park, everyone talked about doing it, but then no one actually did it. Right? Like, there's just that. There's always that part where somebody the skate park that you're talking about is the one in Santa Rosa, right? The one that we yeah, saw yeah. in the videos, the indoor. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I learned a lot from that, which is we 
there was a lot of ramps that were outside. They were all dilapidated every time, you know, like winter would come, it would cost a bunch of money to fix them in the spring. And people didn't want to have their, uh, didn't want to have too many people there because they would get out of hand and their parents would get mad. So I just said like, it, if it's an inconvenience in the back in your backyard, why don't we just move it to a place and we can all be there together and it won't be a problem and I'll run it. Right. So I basically networked and put it together. And after I did that, I basically started realizing like if you build it and you're willing to do the work, there's enough people out there that want to be a part of something that it'll normally happen. So that just kind of kept happening in my life. Right. Like it's, it happened with Abel. Um, and then, then it turned into empire distribution because if we were going to do all the calls for one company, why didn't we do it for multiple companies? And, um, it happened when I worked for rollerblade and started doing, it, it just, I kept being the guy that when people were like, can anyone do this? I'd be like, I can. And then next thing, you know, then I'd be like going in like, how do you do this? How do you Googling? How do you do this? Like, I've never done this you know, but I, I had enough confidence that I thought I could figure it out. So that's a two edged sword. That is really, really good to like get things up off the ground. It's not always good. If you, you know, never been to business school, you don't know how to balance, you don't know how to pay your taxes. There's a lot of shit that comes along with being a businessman. And I just was more of a designer that was like, well, shit, if I make something cool, we can sell it. And then it makes rollerblading cooler. Right. Totally. Um, and so I just kept trying to do that. And it manifested itself in a lot of different ways. Um, they were all kind of a means to an end, which was to stay in the sport that I had basically given a majority of my life to that I absolutely loved, right? Like uh, I wanted to go on more tours to Japan. I wanted to travel and see more um, tricks that no one had ever done. I just wanted to be a part of something that was worth being a part of that had given me a lot of love. And I was trying my best to figure that out, right? And when opportunities showed themselves as here's an opportunity for you to do a little more, I was just like, sign me up, sign me up, you know? And then the, um, then life started happening for all of us because we all got to that age, right? There's an age where you kind of age out of being able to sleep on floors and, you know, not being able to <laughs> not, not get paid and, and stuff like that and that kind of started to happen to all of us at the same time and it was a really hard thing and it kind of uh the magic that we had where we were all working so hard it all also started to happen right around 2008 when the economy fucking fell to shit right mm. so we all got to the age where we really needed it to work and we really needed to be able to take care of our families and pay for things and then everything got harder and so um so yeah so i mean like i i had a shop that was all about art and and uh style and function and making cool i wanted a place where people walked in like I, I must have heard a thousand people like this is a rollerblading shop like you know because <laughs> it's like a gallery almost it, that place yeah exactly and so I'm like what how are we going to change people's opinion if all they see are like you know American home videos of us falling on our balls <laughs> and big ass pants right like it was more about our relationship 
to the world the way that we saw it, right? And and I can really say we because it was John and Tori and and we our whole like clique of people that all were incredibly stylish, incredibly well connected, incredibly hardworking, and everyone was basically putting in their two cents trying to make it, you know, you know, trying to make it something that we could all look up to and, and like this is the new model of what a skate shop should be. You know, it shouldn't just be a little hole in the wall where you get wheels, right? Like we can all order stuff from, you know, uh, Roller Warehouse or from Matt Mickey. Like we can all order stuff and it comes to our house. But if you really are looking for like a lifestyle shop that represents who you are as a young adult, like we wanted to have that kind of, you know, that kind of vibe, right? Totally. And uh, and we worked really, really hard at it. And then things got a little wonky in the economy and, you know, the rest is history. Mm. It was like a boutique, right? Because you were right in the middle of everything. Weren't you on like by Hyatt or something like that in San Francisco? No, well, uh, on Hate Street. We were in Hate Lower Street. Hate. Okay. So, uh, we had tried to, I mean, I can't remember the amount of times me and John would go to Amoeba Records or, you know, all the cool like uh, True and all the cool shoe shops in Upper Hate. And it, it was like one of those things like you would kind of, oh, how dope would it be if we had a shop, you know, like <laughs> we could go to, you know? And one day we were sitting down, I, I, I love Indian food, so we were sitting down at this Indian food restaurant in, in Lower Hate after coming from Upper Hate, and I like looked across the street and there was a space that was open, and I was like, oh, that'd be so cool if we could open a... So I, I took down the number and I just called the dude and went through a walkthrough, put on my best little button-up shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Make it you look know, like we're my, making money. My hair back. <laughs> yeah, exactly like, oh, Try to look as not like a rollerblader as possible. Yeah, exactly. Not like a rollerblader as possible. And, uh, I mean, it, it, was, it was a great, it was a great ride. I learned a lot about a lot, you know. The thing is, ultimately, I never really wanted to be a businessman. I didn't, that, that was not one of the three things on the list. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I never wanted to have to be the guy to fire somebody because they were late or because they possibly stole something or, you know, because uh, this month on the floor, we did, you know, $10,000 less than we, we thought we were going to do and I have to let someone all of those things that go along with business that people don't really talk about, they fucking suck, you know? Like trying to stay in the industry and make a difference in the industry and make enough money to feed your family and and have a crew of people working with you. I mean, it's just, it's really hard. It was the hardest thing I've ever tried to do in my life. Mm, wow. That's real. That's crazy to hear that. You, the destructor was like a, a powerhouse too. You had the little mezzanine with like, you, your office was up there. John Julio, Tori was up there. I guess Mike was up there too. Opalic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was that was sick too was to a, see something like that. There was a there was a minute where, I mean, the year that we closed or the year that we took the biggest hit and it started, it was like a house of cards basically, right? And if you pull one of the house, one of the cards mm -hmm. out, the shit just falls mm -hmm. apart, right? Mm -hmm. So the year that we did the best we ever did was the, also the year that we was the beginning of the end. So it's one of those things like, if you sell a million dollars worth of shit, but it costs you a million, 200,000 to sell it, <laughs> you're not actually doing good in business, right? Yeah. So 
I had that. And, and the majority of that is my fault because I had huge aspirations and it just kept looking like we were going to do better. We were going to do better. We were going to do better. And I, it's like a, you know, card uh, um, playing poker, right? Sometimes you bluff. Sometimes you go, I'm all in and they call you and you know, you got fold. That's shit. Yeah. So, I'm glad you so said I learned, it. I learned a lot. This, yeah. that leads me into something that I want to ask you too, because I wrote for uh, Able Frames and we went on tour in Japan together. And mm -hmm. I noticed that shortly after that tour, that was when like the end of everything happened, I guess. I don't know about everything, yeah. but at least Able Frames was out of business after that, I guess. Yeah. Was the Japan tour like your way of kind of going out with like, and like a bang? Like, did you know that it was ending soon and you were like, I want to do one big thing, one thing I always wanted to do, because I know you always wanted to go to Japan and we did that tour and it was fun as hell. We made a little video out of it. You had some big names on that roster. And I was curious if that was something that you knew was going to happen. Like you saw Able Frames maybe on its way out and you're like, I want to go out you, with a big you, bang. Do you, remember, do you remember the name of the tour? <laughs> All or nothing, baby. <laughs> That's what it was. So, so it was getting to a point where we really needed to make something happen. Right. And I am not the kind of per I have never I've never been the kind of person that until I, until I started having kids and until more recently, have I ever been the kind of person that's like, well, maybe we should play this safe. You know, you know, now that I look at my kids safety, I'm kind of like, ah, I don't need to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but until that point, every single thing I'd ever got in my life that was worth a damn was from me saying, go for it. You know? And so I, thought that when things got hard, you just double down and you just work harder and people are going to see, you know, cause I really feel like we had a lot of amazing skaters. I feel like we had a lot of amazing um, momentum and things were really picking up and then, you know, a couple bad decisions. And at that level, I had a, a distributor default on $300,000 worth of product. Damn. Like sent over $300,000 worth of stuff and they were just like, we're not paying you. And I was like, Oh shit. And that's not stuff you really talk about with everybody, but mm -hmm. you know, I'm the one that gave them terms. I'm the one that shipped it. I'm the one that didn't get money before it shipped. So, I mean, it's my fault, but you know, before that, everything was fine. The five times that he ordered before that, everything was good. When shit went sideways, it was all of a sudden it was like, everyone was just like, what's up. And I was like, uh, I don't even know what to say, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, I learned a lot about what not to do in your life when it comes to finances and friends. And I learned, the, but I think the, the thing that I can take from it now is a lot of over a period of time, the people that I loved most and that I would die for, they still love me, which is really important. Mm -hmm. It took a little while to get all that shit out of the way, but you know, some of my best friends and some of the people that still this day make me feel amazing about being a skater are still those people, you know, and, and that's after a lot of water under the bridge and a lot of, you know, I mean, I looked at message boards for a period of time and it, it just broke my heart, you know, like people just that didn't know what was going on or, you know, like John has countless times, countless times has been like, man, you know, like we miss you. You ought to, come back and like, you know, make something happen and do something. Cause like, you know, you, 
did so much kind of thing. And I, I was like, I didn't, I felt like low case embarrassed, low case ashamed, low case sad. Like I just felt like the world kept moving without me. And it was hard, you know, in my mind because I had literally spent so much time and so much money and so much energy totally. trying to be a part of something that I love so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, that when it when I wasn't doing it every day, I didn't know who I was for a period of time. You know, it was really hard on my brain. I can so. relate to that a hundred percent. So I I, I I know that feeling. Um, yeah. but that being said, I just uh, I look fondly on upon your contributions, and I think everything was really sick. And that you know having that shop in SF, which I never got to get go to, but everyone who went there and told me it was so how cool it was and all these things and. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. I think it's something to be proud of and viewed upon kindly because I think it was a really cool contribution. Definitely. You put a lot of work into the sport, a lot mm. of work. Well, I would do it. I would do it every day again. Like, I don't have any any negative feelings and I feel like that, um, you know, skating changed my life, man. I don't know who I'd be without all you guys and all the things that we did together like it just is I think that was the the weirdest part is like that I had people that I saw more all over the world trying to do this together than I did at home like I literally my best friends were all people from all over that I would just see doing this you know so all of a sudden when you're not at winter clash when you're not at you know the the Asian X games, you know, like it was just weird to get off the merry-go-round. You know, it was strange. Totally. It's a come down. It's a bit of a come down. I can it definitely is. Relate. It's like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I guess we'll go to the store and get food. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Let me check the list. Oh, I'm going to be a chef yeah. now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. We still got to um, be a singer. No, but that's cool, man. I, I think it's <laughs> a lot of that stuff's a testament to, uh, you know, just to, just to life and the chapters. So I, I think that that was a, you know, looking upon it and talking with you about it, it's definitely a, a huge chapter. That's uh, really cool. I wanted to remind our guests because I, I said this at the beginning of the show, we're doing a new thing with our super chat. So um, we always invite you guys to ask questions for the live viewers at the end of the show. We get to okay. the super chats first. Um, after some comments and some brainstorming, we got to a place where we want to give half of our, what we get on the super chat, we want to give that to our guest or the charity of our guest choice. We spoke to Ezekiel and, and he was really inspired by what John did with, uh, you know, John, Ray, uh, John Julio raised over $6,000 for Black Lives Matter. Um, he took 100% of the proceeds and he put it toward that. I'm not sure, I'm, I'm, I'm not actually sure, what was he selling, skates? I'm sorry. It was like momentum, momentum here. Momentum. Okay. So it was, it was momentum. Okay. So he, he sold, he was on momentum and all that money went and you know what? Um, he, he was inspired by that. Thought that was really great. I think it's amazing. We all, you know, that's amazing as well. So Ezekiel decided to take that super chat money and put that to give it to John to give it to black lives matter. So um, it, I'm going to ask Austin and I are going to ask uh, Ezekiel just a few more things. Okay. And then we're going to open up to uh, the people in the who are watching the live chat to do questions. <clears throat> yeah, so anyone okay. who's donating now is going straight to that Black Lives yeah. Matter cause. So just in case anyone wasn't here in the beginning, you know where your money's yeah. going now. 
cool and that's what we're doing from now on with uh okay. with our podcasts um moving forward so uh zeke you were talking about you know it's a crazy time in this world and we're obviously you know heavy things you know the countries you know we had a pandemic we're having trials and you know there's things with the police and police brutality and um black black people in america being treated you know unequally and all these issues you were talking about you know being a black guy in skating and how much that gave you a different perspective and i was wondering if you could grow on on maybe that and perhaps your perspective on uh on maybe just that and transitioning it to you know things that are going on in the world today and the changes that are clearly needing to be made and everything well yeah i mean um i think like right now i i I always i always say like i don't really speak for anyone else i can only like i can only say for myself Absolutely. Um, but i i definitely know what it feels like to be you know the the kind of like the ugly duckling you know like the one guy you know that's doing it that maybe turns into a swan later but like literally like i would show up and 90 percent of everywhere i've ever gone i've been the only black guy you know like i like it's very rare when i would show up to you know middle of kansas to do a skate tour you know that there'd be anybody besides the main demographic which is you know you know 12 through 23 you know and it felt like caucasian and so i always felt like i was the odd man out it was really cool like when i was coming up like and being able to skate with a few people here and there like matt andrews is one of them or john julio was another where even though you know we're all kind of like a weird diaspora whether it's filipino or mixed or slightly in you know all the different parts but um i i i definitely think that the time like with with all of us right we're we're like part of this family and what i've been noticing in skating and in the world is racism isn't really over but our appreciation for one another whether or not we're of the same race is greatly increased one of the things in this last bit that struck me is i've never seen such a diverse group of people out in the streets saying enough is enough right and i feel like super blessed or super taken care of by the world right now because i'm actually looking out there and i'm like man like it's not just black people getting dog sick on them it's not just you know you know oh those people like i know that the media might want to portray it like certain media outlets might want to portray it as like oh just looting or whatever but the truth is is there's an actual movement and that movement is making a lot of change for a lot of people i mean i'm 45 now and i've been moved to literally tears just by showing by being shown pictures of the kind of people and the amount of people that are out there that actually say that they care about people like me like that's i've never seen that in my entire life i never really particularly felt that um that doesn't mean that white people or white cops or this or that i i just really think that it's a systematic kind of when people look at me what they see is what has been portrayed for a long time like people don't see like they don't see that i was an eagle scout they don't see that i was you know that i'm 
CPR trained and that if you fell down, I'd be the first person to fix you up, right? They don't see that. They just see the boogeyman, right? And I think that's changing, whether it's culturally or just like love in general. I think a lot of people are out there that are just like, this shit is wrong and we can't have it. And I don't know how to particularly relate it back to my skating besides being one of few. Um, when I was really young, you know, like I wasn't black enough because, you know, I went to like, I was like one of the only black kids in school. So it's like, you know, like to, to the, all the white kids, I was really black and to all, like, you know, to anybody that was black, they're like, oh, well, you were Birkenstocks and you're into skating. So like, you're not black enough. Like, I, I don't know what the fuck I was. So I kind of am in this weird middle land of like, I definitely have experienced all the things that people are talking about all the way from cops standing on the back of my fucking neck. Uh, for what I feel like is no apparent reason um, to also feeling blessed to be a part of a sport that I was an oddity and that I was accepted. So like, you know, like I think a lot of, I don't think a lot of people saw me as the black skater. The fact that I was six foot three and had dreads made me an oddity, but it also helps people remember who I was. So I don't really see it as a, a full negative thing, but I definitely know that the world, our world in particular in the U.S., definitely needs to take a look at itself and do some repairing, you know, fix up some of these things that are long overdue. Absolutely. I mean, that's really well said. Um, yeah, we're definitely going through a time in the country where um, it just seems to Obviously, there's been an issue in the country with all that stuff for a while, but it's just so obvious now. Everyone has cameras on their phone, and yeah. it's in everyone's face. And, um, you know, it's, you know, I, you, you would think many people would be on the same page with it. But, you know, it's good to see. So, there's some, obviously, bad elements, but it's good to see so many people on the same page pushing toward yeah. something that's good. And, you know, it seems like, at least people are trying to, uh, you know, I think it's obvious to a lot of people that changes need to be made for sure. And uh, we're seeing the results of that now. Yeah, I, I, it's, uh, it's very powerful. That's the thing I think most, the most, most that gets, gets me is, is just, it's a, there's a lot of history and a lot of emotion, right? This is not something that is, you can just bring up and talk in like really polite conversation normally. I mean, it's people are heated and people are rightfully so they're hurt. And I think, you know, like if, if you were, if you were screaming to me, like this, something is really, really wrong. Like, how am I not going to notice? How am I not going to like care? Right. Like the thing is, is, is if we care about each other and we really want to be the nation that we say we are, which is, you know, together we stand, divided we fall, all for one. You come here, you make, you work hard, you can make your dreams happen. You can't, can't have it both ways. You can't have these ideals and then shit on your people and pretend like, you know, it's rain or whatever, you know? So I think that's the part that is, has really got my heart strings going is just the fact that I felt it and I know what it feels like. And I know that it's not just, you know, like, when you talk to somebody about something, like, oh, you pull a race car. It's like, like you're not, you, you don't, you don't want to get it. 
right? It's not even like you want to have a conversation. You just don't want to get it. And that's your prerogative. But as long as we have people that are literally saying like, what you're experiencing doesn't matter or what you experience isn't real. Like that's, that's the part that's just so odd. Like, you know, you're, you, if you said my hair is on fire and I'm like, well, I don't see it. It's like, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'm on fire, dude. Help. <laughs> yeah. Help. <laughs> so, yeah. I know there's a bigger picture here, but I, I'm happy to, you started kind of getting into this in the beginning too. Like I'm happy to be a part of a sport in a community where, you know, all races are welcome and no matter like what color your skin is, no one notices you for that for the most part. And yeah. we're such a diverse sport and community that no matter what event or anything we go to, everyone is always welcome. And like yeah. going through all this stuff that's been happening in the past couple of weeks, makes me more and more proud of what we are and what we do and what we, you know, what we stand for. I mean, the reality is we champion diversity in style and dress. I mean, like, if you look just like all your homies, it's like, we're a sport that is all about style. We're a sport that's all about your own creativity. Nobody wants to say, oh, you skate exactly like that other guy. Our whole mentality is, how can I be me and express myself the way that I do it, right? I want to be my own individual which just brings so many different kinds of people, right? I mean, we have Ato and Takeshi Yasutoko, and then we've got Charles Dunkel, and then we've got, you know, Joe Atkinson. Like, I mean, like there's, you put those people anywhere in the world all together, they're so different, and yet mm. they all love the same thing, and when we're all together, we're so stoked on each other. It's, it, it, we're the perfect, we are, what America should be to a large degree, right? Accepting and hopefully, you know, there for one another. I, I feel like you guys are my family, right? Like all the way totally. across the board. Like, like I don't have more in common with any of anyone else. And, and, and we're from completely different places. But when we walk by rail, we all go, oh shit, that was sick over there yeah like even to this even this day i haven't, I haven't hit a rail in a long time and i'm like oh that i gotta remember where that is <laughs> <laughs> like, you know and to the music i mean like I've, i'm the most eclectic person that i know short of maybe like david uh pain i was about to say um, dave Payne, the yeah, dj dave of Payne. our lives yeah exactly uh just because I've listened to so many different music from so many different, it, it's influenced me in so many different ways. I'm like, I, I like stuff from Rancid to, you know, to like the Trick Daddy. Like, I mean, I, I like all sorts of music Everything, and it's all yeah. because, you know, like, oh, I was watching Frankie's section. I love that song. I, oh, I was watching, you know, I was watching, you know, Sven Bokers' stuff. You know, it's like, oh, what the fuck a song is that? Like, you know, like, like it's, it's just crazy how we influence each other worldwide, like how much of a global sport and a global lifestyle that we really do have, you know, whether you're in Amsterdam. I, I used to joke about it all the time. You could drop me almost any place in the world and within two or three hours, I would know somebody and I could, you know, I could just be like, yo, get on the world wide web of, of skating and be like, yeah. who do you know in Uzbekistan? The, <laughs> the worldwide blade network. <laughs> chirp, 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 chirp. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I would show up places and people like, who's picking you up? I'm like, I don't know. You don't know like, yet. You, you know, I'm like, I, somebody's going to show up somewhere. You know, like, <laughs> and then when I'd leave, it'd be like, 
you know, my homie from Dubai and we hella yep. cool now. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's the beauty of everything. And I'm glad you shine light on that. And thank you for shining light on that too, because that's one of the highlights of what it is that we do. And people should recognize that and, you know, show that because it's more welcoming to more people joining our sport too, you know? Yeah, completely. Yeah. I mean, how important are you if the only, there's only five people who jock you and only mm -hmm. five people who think that you're worth a damn? Like we need as many young intelligent hard you know because it's not easy to do what we do like if, if you're not attracting people that are actually down that really care like i'm you know like you're my homie like you skate i skate we're cool like you know as long as you're not doing like really off the wall crazy shit like we're cool <laughs> you know every once in a while i'd be like Ooh, uh, i can't hang out with this bro he, there's, there's a few he's little too much bad <laughs> in there that yeah. happens once in a while but um, once in a while, I'm kind of like, woo wee. <laughs> Put him in the bow category. I would just leave that. No, I would just leave that. Leave that. We won't open up that <laughs> can of worms. Um, but I, I, I want to say real quick, uh, thank you for your perspective on that. I know there's yeah. so much more to talk about. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, just, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think blading is definitely something that should be a good example that people from the, in the rest of America, you know, be accepting um you know be open listen be a friend be a human um and i would like to see things go in that direction so hopefully it is but i'm glad that these issues are being addressed and i just want to say thank you for coming on and even though we didn't speak much about it i mean there's, we got some questions so maybe some more in the question section but yeah yeah i appreciate uh, you coming on to address that definitely let's uh open up a questions before we do open up the questions one more time i want to just uh, let people know that if you go to hitbomb.com, you will get 15% off your order of any CBD drops, uh, CBD bombs, you know, uh, topical creams. Uh, check out hitbomb.com. Use code JUMPSTREET for 15% off your entire order. So go get it. It helps us out. Helps out the company. They're going to support more. And it's going to um, help you events. out. Helps. It's going to help you out if you got helps a bad hip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, we're all getting older now. We, Hell yeah, we need we need to rub this this bomb on us. You know, we got our legs going these days. We got our legs going these days. You could have used this a few years back when we were all touring and stuff oh, all the time. Man. Bringing no, this on a tour. I'll use it now though. I use it now still, but yeah. So okay, okay. You got a question? Um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta, because there's a few, there's a bunch of questions. I gotta ask about this one because I'm curious about this. Um, do your kids know that you're in Batman? I didn't know you were in Batman. Yeah, yeah, it's on my list my of group. questions to ask you, but I have and 10 more questions. Where do you think Ice Thug number seven is now? <laughs> were you number seven? Wow. Or is that yeah. just like, you were number seven? <laughs> ice Thug? I love it. I was Ice Thug, son. So tell, us, tell us about that. <laughs> um, so it was actually one of the first things that happened when I I met um, I met B-Love at one of the competitions. And I idolized him, right? I was like, oh my God, be love. Like, you know, and he was super cute, cool human, was super nice, gave me his number and was like, yo, if, if you're ever gonna come down to LA, give me a holler, you know? So I was like, I'm going to LA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I showed up, slept on his couch for like, you know, like a couple of days. And all of a sudden the phone rings and he's like, Yeah, sure, we could I'll do that. That sounds fun. And he goes, Do you wanna go? to go try out for a Batman movie. I'm like, 
I'm like a full on, I'm a full on comic book nerd, right? Like I have like verging on probably a thousand comic books Sick. that I've collected since I was a little kid, right? DC or Marvel? Uh, mostly Marvel, but okay. Like Stan Lee, shout out. Well, my Please. my kids my kids are named Logan and Xavier. Yes, They're, we talked about that. It's so cool. <laughs> so I'm an X Man fan. Um, yeah, so uh, so I'm like I'm like, are you serious? Like he's like, yeah. So we go. And I'm huge, right? So I'm way bigger than most skaters. So I can, and I'm a, I used to be a gymnast. So I do these big front flips over this launch box. I can barely, I can barely do anything on a quarter pipe, but I can do a launch box like a front flip, right? And so I do this thing, and the the guy who's casting is like, "Who's that big guy?" And so they tell me, you know, we want you to be in this movie. And I literally would have did it for free, right? Like I was like, sure. I get to be in a fucking Batman movie. Yeah, Batman. It's gonna be amazing. And then uh, I think uh, Chris Mitchell was running it, and he's like, don't ever say that out loud again. <laughs> he's like, don't, don't ever say that. Yeah. I was yeah. like, okay. So we got paid, I mean, like, a lot of money. Like, more money than I – I made more money doing that than my mom had, like, ever made, right? Like, just from that crazy. movie, just from that. That movie. So that wow. allowed me – that allowed me – and then I, I mean, even to this day, I still get residual checks. I'll get oh, like shit. a $60 residual check. Like, every, every <laughs> no way. That's so Still, sick. That's and my, so sick. my wife, my wife opens it up. And she's like, I guess we're going to sushi. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's so, so sick. So yeah. That's so awesome. uh, went and did the movie with like Dave Cardoza and Michael Palick and shoot, there was a ton of us that were, that were doing it. And uh, Corey Miller and, and they, uh, so yeah, and then on top of it, on top of being the ice thug, I got um, I got a little bit hurt on set, uh, and then the I got to do somehow I turned into like a speaking extra. So there's a part where I sing, and because I sang and mm -hmm. actually spoke words, my name is actually it doesn't just say ice thug; it actually has my name in the thing. So the movie's not the great; it's actually the probably the worst Batman movie ever made. Uh, but Is you got to tell people you're in Batman, that's it. You don't got to yeah, say which I'm one. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have an IMDb page and shit too. Yeah, I, uh, I knocked George Clooney down. Damn, he, that's uh, sick. He was, he was like, I was supposed to, I was supposed to, we were supposed to be like looking like we're trying to catch the, um, this big ass diamond with, with the hockey sticks. And he's like, yo man, you got to, we got to sell it. Like you can't, you can't baby. I like came in and was all like, oh, fell down, you know? And he was like, that looked pathetic. You got to hit me, you know? I was like, okay. So I Mack trucked his ass. <laughs> he wasn't ready. Yeah, he wasn't ready. He wasn't and ready. I lowered the shoulder and was like, bang. And, <laughs> and, uh, and the, the director was like, what are you doing? And I was like, but he told, he told me to, to, to do it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and to his credit, to his credit, he was like, he's like, I did tell him to hit me. I'm like, okay. And so they took me out of that scene because I blasted him. Ah, <laughs> we got to tell those outtakes. That's a good story, though. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Um, oh, we got a question from Sean Michelson asked about uh, the TRS access because he thinks you designed them. I know you were a designer of Rollerblade. Um, you want to talk about like, your role in that? And I guess like, what it took to design, I guess, if you did design certain skates and stuff like that? Um, I, I was the designer and came up with a complete concept. I built 
um, all the, the, I don't know what it's called now, all the TRS, like the skin, like the Estilo and, mm. and uh, uh, details yeah I like ben, like right um like uh alex broscow skate frankie morales skate uh tori tree skater skate the estilo the alpha all those all the skin that whole skin concept uh with the base plates and the midsole and that was all me so and I was, how, yeah. how, how did that go into like was it solely you? Was it your idea to put a skin on a skate like that? Because that was one of the first, if not maybe the first, that has skin skate? Yeah, yeah. So um, I modified an idea. Uh, Terry Lamont, um, he, you, like when everyone was skating Rosies, uh, he used, everyone used to start it off like um, Josh Petty and everyone started like, you know, kind of stuff in the skate and they had a tongue, an extra mm -hmm. tongue. And it was when they were, everyone was rocking the fifth element and they would puff the tongue out a little bit. And then we started doing that with, you know, the rollerblade skate, like me and Santi and Fabiola. And we started like, I, I modified all the skates in my house. I would like grind things. We put on the 50-50 frames. I put like for Jason Marshall, I totally modified and like custom made uh, negative grind spots so he could do internal grinds and, you know, like all that kind of stuff. And, and so I was like, the shoe doctor of, of skates for a period of time where I kept making all these kind of cool things. And then I got picked up by rollerblade and was skating for them and traveling. And then we went over to uh, Montebelluna over outside of Venice in Italy to go, because that was at that time, rollerblade was owned by Benetton, Benetton sports group. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went over there and they took us to their facility and they owned Technica, uh, Atomic skis and like uh, Benetton and a couple other brands. They had all these brands and they were all housed in like this um, Italian villa. And so we went there. And at that time, the Europeans uh, had a much bigger marketing budget than we really had in, in the States because uh, we were still selling like the Swindlers and the Dirks and stuff like that. And it had been like, I think, I wouldn't say creeping up on six years since we had made a mold change. And so we would go out on tour and we would like, you know, we would have like things like, Oh, whoever can do the best grind gets a new pair of skates. And I remember it was like, you know, we went to give the kids skates and they're like, can I get something else? And I was like, I like, really? I'm like, you don't want a free pair of skates. And they're like, no, I don't really like those. I was like, Oh, and so, <laughs> so they had just came out with those kind of weird skates. Randy, Randy skated for us. I think Louie skated for us. Eric Shrine skated for us. Eric Burke skated for us. And we were all like over there. And there was like this real big disconnect. And I basically spoke, because I was a little bit older than everyone, I spoke skater, right? So we would sit down in these big meetings and they'd be like, you know, man, it's just whack. Like, you know, and and the Europeans, the Italians were like, what is this whack? I don't, <laughs> I don't, don't understand. What do you mean whack? You know, like, and then so I'd be like, uh, well, what they're saying is the aesthetics of 
it's not an urban aesthetic. The color schemes are, you know, are a little dated. Like I, I basically can you're really translating. Right? Yeah, straight I was up a translator. translator. Yeah, you're like, so what? What they're trying to say by it's whack? <laughs> the aesthetics aren't really that good. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So I would, I, they would be like, okay, and they're like, well, awesome. what do you guys want? And so I would ask everybody, like, like what do you want? And they're like, I want something like kind of like this and kind of like that. It should be, it should be like, you know, more like a shoot. Like you know, when you show up, you want to look dope. You know, like, and I'm like, okay, so I'm like. So I start sketching things, right? And then this concept, I, I go in and I pitch this idea and I'm like, well, you know, like we need to change the way it looks. And they're like, to make that one change is gonna cost $600,000. What? Right, it's, it was for molds, right? Because it was left, right, for, and they had sizes like every size or every oh, yeah. size and a half. And so like to make a change to the molds, it was like thirty or thirty to thirty to forty thousand dollars per size, oh, right? Oh and so, and so they're like, we can't do that. And and so we basically kept skating the same skates and just changing the color every once in a while because they wouldn't make the investment. And so, I'm a problem solver. So I was like, in my brain, I was like, all right, so we can't change it because it's gonna cost too much. So what? can we change i'm like they could always change the liners i'm like how much does it cost to change liners and they're like oh we can change that if that's just a it's really easy it doesn't cost that much because we don't have molds for that so i said what if we use all of the internal or we use all of the molds for the internal structure and we replace it by putting a shoe covering or sock over the top because people had already been like cutting the front off the of shoes and then like yeah like the puff the puff, the puff yeah. Yep. Yeah, but people people would actually cut off the whole front of the shoe and then like super glue it down to mm -hmm. and so your skate had the function up here, but then it kind of had this thing, but it could get pulled off or scraped. And so I basically came up with this idea and I built it. I built the prototype in my garage and I like made it with like high-end leathers and all this stuff and basically brought it to them and was like, I want to make something like this. And they were immediately like, well, no, it's impossible. This, it's impossible, it's impossible. And then as they started doing it, I'm like, yeah, but every time we want to change a skate, we only have to change this one part. And then they were like, oh. So they're like, well, we'll give it a try. And it was their best selling skate. It, it was their best selling aggressive skate for quite a while. No way. It's yeah. cool to hear the backstory of that. That's awesome. Yeah, I never even thought about that backstory. That that was probably the first or the first skin uh, aggressive skate, and that's awesome that it came about that way too. And I never thought about the uh, the numbers behind it too. How it makes sense for people to do that or companies to do that to save money. Yeah, I mean it, it's because basically a skate came from a ski boot or or an ice skate, right? And when they had the mold the molds on the outside, the mold isn't really aesthetic. It's only for deforming slightly as you lean forward to disperse the energy, right? Because your, your feet and legs can only handle so much. So if you, if you use that, that's the reason why like, you know, all of us like to have smaller skates, but it's harder to have smaller skates because you got to wear the bigger size so that you can fit that big ass liner in there. Mm -hmm. So trying to figure out how to do all that and make it look small, has always been an issue, right? And K2 did a really good job being able to have smaller sizes and stuff like that, making it look cool. But then they always have problems with the deforming and breaking the rivet on the side because it, it's handling a lot of pressure yeah. and there's only cloth there, right? And if you're like, if, you know, if you're 
five foot four and you weigh 110 pounds, that's not big a problem. But as you start getting bigger, as they started scaling, that's why people always had that weird kind of like pigeon toe walk because their legs would bow out, right? Especially because we always like, as we do souls, you always kind of lean that way anyway. So then next thing you know, people are skating like, you know, yeah, like a duck. Man, that is, that is a such a fact. That's a like, incredible take. I first of all, I didn't even know you even designed that. But to hear that go through, that's that's cool. I'm interested in like all that design stuff. Um, we are question. just yeah. I have. There's we have a, a few, but I think we're only going to be able to get to like one or two more. Yeah, um, you want to do I talk one? Too much. The, the, the one no, on, this is good. This one is from Ray. <laughs> You're an interesting person. You know Ray Mendez. This <laughs> oh, is from, this is from Ray. Ray Mendez, and he, he goes, this is a very in-depth question, and I got to give it to Ray, but um, how do you think that the skate community can positively contribute to the world at large in regards to racial unity, especially as a father of biracial children? is from Ray Mendez. I think we touched on it a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. I think that if we're proud of it and we put it, I think a lot of people don't like to really get political, they would call it political, but I, I don't even really see it as political. I see it as more like, like just loving, like what, even from videos like One Love and, and all these different things, it's like we have, we have this already. So uh, if we actually really do have it, we just need to document it and stand behind it. Like, look at us, right? Like there's like, or, or, or just, you know, like whether, I mean, there's so many people that make such good content, you know, whether it's videos or edits or like, you know, just say it out loud, right? Like, I think that's really the thing is like, you know, like check us out. Like we, we're already about this. You don't even have to do that much. You, you're doing it by just being a part of it. But if you, if you do it by being a part of it and you speak up about it or against it or just show like, you know, like, I mean, imagine, imagine all of us having a session and then at the end of the session, the cool little edit, it says divided, you know, divided we, we fall, we stand together against inequality. Like, it's just like this picture right here, I'm looking at, I can see myself, I can see you, I can see you. And I can only imagine all the different people that are listening. We all care about the same thing. Like just saying that out to the rest of the world, like we are the kind of people that believe in this is really powerful right now because that's what's happening out in the streets. When you see all those people, you're like, I want to be a part of something. I want to make change, right? But a lot of us, though, I, heard, I saw people giving each other shit at the beginning, like, why are you silent, right? Like say mm -hmm. something, right? Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not in any position to make a huge stink about what other people should be doing. Mm -hmm. But if you care, it's not, it's not that hard of a sell. It's not that hard to document, to just really do it with purpose and go, look, look at my crew, right? Like I've got, I've got a, a Puerto Rican, I got a Haitian, I got two black guys, three white guys, like Chinese guy, like, mm -hmm. like we are, we are a Benetton ad. Right, we are totally. the fucking United Colors, right? Like, mm -hmm. all you have to do is say, "Look at us, we can get along," right? Like, sometimes, especially for younger kids, like they they need to think of themselves as like, "I want to be like them," and just in me doing it, I'm like, I, like the idea of not having any friends of different color is weird. Totally, 
right? Like I, like I don't, like if I was only surrounded by just people like me, I would feel out of place. Like I'm literally most comfortable when I'm in a, when I'm in a session in a group with all of us. And, and you know, I mean, Arlo, you know, Vinny, like, you know, like the, we're so eclectic. Like totally. Just actually document it and, and make that the point, right? Like put the, put the, put dot the I and cross the T on that point, which is, this isn't that fucking hard guys. Yeah. It's like not that hard to, to care about and respect other people. Like it's not that hard. I like the idea of doing it like consciously, you know, cause like a, a lot of the, it just, our main focus is the skating. And then yeah. like that is a, just a back result of it like you know yeah. or but uh and it's it's always kind of making it a point is is yeah. is cool to just like you know show as an example to the to the world at least in our in our small and yeah. microcosm of yeah. how we can do that yeah and i and i definitely know that that's easier said than done i don't want to i don't want to like you know people sometimes you think you're being preachy or telling them what they should be or think and that's always hard i know but i mean i do it with my kids every day like like we're not yeah I, I speak in the we we're not the kind of people that do that mm-hmm. it's not like you better not do that it's like i ask them questions my mom used to always ask me like when i got in trouble my trouble was explaining my mom would say so explain to me exactly how you thought that was a good idea and about two and a half three seconds into a stupid explanation you realize uh, uh, hey, you, you don't feel good yet. <laughs> <laughs> you don't feel good yeah. like you're yeah. sitting there you're like uh well uh see what had happened yeah <laughs> <laughs> feel good so so yeah i mean sometimes just asking the question like like don't you care about other people that are i mean it's it's, it's pretty simple it seems simple to me but i'm also like i said 45 and i think much differently now i would much rather i'd much rather have a nice conversation and have some coffee and talk to someone and, and try to help them understand me better than punch somebody in the face for calling me a nigger, you know, so. Mm-hmm. For sure. Just, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want that anymore. I just, I think it's so beneath us as people. I feel that, man, 100%. Yeah, something that shouldn't even be like a thought in your mind, just carry on, roll people here, just have a conversation, you know, do whatever. And that's how yeah. we all grew up, I think, for the most part, and just keep it that way, you know. Um, yeah. We are going to do one more question. Okay. Uh, before we do the one more question, want to give a Big shout out to everyone who donated super chat. So GB Games, Kristen G, John Yabina, Aaron Schultz, Sean Michelson. Yeah, Abina's in here. Uh, Sean Angler, Ragon Bones, Doug Williams. Uh, I think so far there's like $175 in here. So that's going to the Black Lives Matter. Half that's going to the Black Lives Matter charity, uh, courtesy of Zeke Anderson. Um, We're going to do last question from Aaron Schultz. Wants to know where did the name 7XL come from? Oh, well, um, I had a, I had a idea for a company called, um, Seven Sons. It was with the name of the, the skate park before it was supposed to be a bondage skate park. Then it was, that was like a little bit too crazy for people. So then I call it Seven <laughs> Sons. And the whole idea is the seventh son of the seventh son shouldn't, should not know, uh, pain from their father or something like that. It's like, it's a, so basically we can continue to be better by growing and, and growing 
we will continue to be a better people. Um, and so that's what Seven Sons meant to me. And then Seven Sons didn't really go really well. And so then I started playing. I like um, when you can read a word forward and backwards the same way. Um, it, I forget exactly. What is it called? Palindrome. Uh, palindrome, thank you. The palindrome. Um, and so I, I kind of like things that when you look in the mirror, I, I have a weird trait. I should have been left-handed, but they trained me to be right-handed. So I can actually write at the exact same time forward and backwards no with both my Damn. hands. It's, yeah, uh, the way my brain works. Because uh, because it's no longer words, it just becomes, uh, it's more like lines and, and, and shapes. Mm -hmm. This is how the way my brain sees it. And so I used to do things where I would write things forward and backwards and forward and backwards. And um, I was born on the seventh day of the seventh month. I weighed seven pounds, seven ounces. There's like seven sevens in my what? actual birthday. Yeah. That's crazy. So, um, so I always had an affinity for sevens. That's what those are. Um, and so I was always like, when I signed my name, it was always like a Zeke And then underneath, I would put 777, um, which I think is a real great number. And then, so I was trying to work with sevens because I felt like it represented me and, you know, like I'm large. So it was kind of like I'm seven XL, like <laughs> so really extra big. And then I started realizing that the L and the seven are the same if you flip them. And so seven XL, if you look at it, those are all the, they go together perfectly. Right. And so, um, I also think that there's like kind of like core numbers of a lot of which are odd. So like when you take photos and when you have like teams, a lot of them is like five, right? Or it's like three or it's seven. So the odds tend to work better than if you have like groups, right? Mm. And so I always thought it would be cool to have like kind of like seven sons and have like seven people on the team. And so it would be like, these all these guys are like extra large, which basically at the time I was reading like, you know, extra large magazine, double XL magazine and all that stuff. So I kind of was like, it'd be so cool to have like seven like extra large players, like people that were like big in the game and they would all be on the team. So all those things were kind of running around in my artistic mind when I created it. That's a very deep answer yeah. to that question. <laughs> yeah, that's sick. Too. That was a good question, Aaron. Um, yeah. During and that, also, Sean Engler kicked up another nine. Oh, my God. Hang on a sec. I'm sorry. We got to shut down the podcast real quick. Sean <laughs> Engler donated a total of $200. And oh, Ray Mendes kicked up another hundo. So that's like 375 total with everything. So, damn. Thank yeah. you, gentlemen. That is straight up crazy. <laughs> Zeke likes that. We all like that. Damn. Thanks, everybody. Pulling together here. Um, I, I, can I, can yeah. I say something to the group? Can I say something yeah, to the group? The interwebs. I um, I know that I don't get to see a lot of you guys very much anymore, but there's a, there's so many of you that are in my heart, and I really do think nothing but positive. I saw this saying the other day. It was like, uh, I know you don't know me, but I love you. Uh, you might think that's weird, but I figure if people can hate somebody that they don't know, I should be able to love somebody I don't know. And I honestly really do have so much love towards so many of you that changed my life and made my life better. So I just want to say that I love you rollerblading in general and that, uh, that you guys mean a lot to me, even if I don't get to see you on an everyday basis. 
That's real. And Rollerblading loves you too, Ezekwe. And I love you too. Thanks, sir. Too, definitely. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that would be different if you weren't around or you didn't make your contributions that you did. I appreciate it, guys. Hell yeah. Thank you for talking with us. And maybe we could do this again in the future. And I look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you for imparting all of this knowledge, all of these wonderful stories. I know that people were very happy to see it. And I'll, yeah, it was great. It's one of my favorite episodes. And I still have like other shit I wanted to talk about, but this is perfect because now we get to save it for another episode. Yeah. We'll okay. You. If, you're, if, you're willing to, <laughs> if you're willing to come on to the show again. Oh man, anytime. I love you guys. I love what you're doing. And I think that you, you're a great voice for us as a group. And that's, that's something like Thank it's you. beyond just the, it's beyond just the like the talking. It's like really like what you're doing in the community around it is really cool. So thank you. Thank you awesome. so much. It means a lot thank coming from again, somebody Zeke. like you. <laughs> thank you everybody for watching. Zeke again, thank you so much. Um, yeah, we'll see you guys on the next one then, right? For sure. Peace, Peace everyone. Peace. <laughs>